disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And Jesus says, pray like this. And one of the petitions was, deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. What does that mean? Well, in Ephesians uh, 6, chapter, the 11th verse, it tells us to put on the whole armor of God that we can stand against the schemes of the devil. Satan has schemes. The Bible says he's out to kill, steal, and destroy from us. And it says, for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Our fight is not against people. It says, but we fight against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So we, we, have, a, we have a fight. We have a fight. It says we fight principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Those are all kind of big words, and, you know, it's like, oh, okay, hosts, principalities, powers. What does it really mean? What does it really look like? How does that, how does it affect me today? Does that affect me today? Is it real? Is it real? I was spurred on a little bit by some, most of you maybe. I don't know if anybody, I, nobody has said, and you can tell me if you did, you know, after I'm done, you can still tell me you did, but, uh, there's a movie out by my road now about my road, The Legend of Holcomb Woods, and it's played in Maumee, and it was in Bowling Green this week. Um, I, haven't, I didn't go see the one. I have gone on websites and watched YouTube of The Legend of Holcomb Woods, and you can watch all this stuff. I just want you to know I've, I've lived on Holcomb Road 50 years. I was raised, butted up against Holcomb Road. I played in Holcomb Woods as a kid. I'm not maybe an expert on Holcomb Woods, but I've been around as long as supposedly all these legends taken place. All of which are fabrications of people's imagination. Uh, there was a big thing as a bus. There's a, there used to be a bus parked on Holcomb Woods, on Holcomb Road. It was. It was clear out by 199. wasn't even in the woods. Somebody dumped a bus for who knows why. Somebody wanted a place to put it, and uh, they put it in this little section of trees out by, by 199 and Holcomb Road. And uh, consequently, once the bus got there, then all the rumors started that uh, it was haunted because that bus crashed in that area, and a bunch of kids were killed on Holcomb Road. And if you drive down Holcomb Road now and turn your lights off, you can, you can see their eyes out in the woods looking at you and all kinds of things. And, and it goes on and on and on, and... and uh, I will let me say this just as one observation. Um, my observation is living on Holcomb Road that the height of that was about 20 years ago. It just seems like I'm not saying stuff still doesn't go on. It gets you know people still do that whole thing. And but about 20 years ago, it was really kind of a big deal. And we go to Bowling Green, and if you write a check, you know they go Holcomb Road. Well, you live on Holcomb Road, you know it's like well yeah, you know. But anyway, personally, I am convinced that building a church on Holcomb Road redeemed it. I'm convinced of that. That when you put God's presence on a situation, it changes it. Now, I'm not saying it's still things. You know, people are still, they're making moves. But I'm telling you, things changed. Things changed. It wasn't the same. 
It wasn't the same. I want to put a sign on my property. My property is on Holcomb Road. I have a farm, and it butts up against the woods, okay? So prime property. And I want to put a sign up. I haven't done it. I'm, I don't know if I will. But I want to say the only spirit here is the Holy Spirit. That, I want to put that sign up, but I'd probably get shot at and present be holes in it. <laughs> I know how it works, but, but I, I have that desire. But anyway, so because of all that, it's kind of spurred me to talk about evil. The things that we face today and the things our children face, the things we have to be careful of with our children, things to keep your children away from, because we pray, Lord, deliver us from evil. Deliver me from these things. The first one I want to talk about um, is horror movies. Horror movies. I looked up a definition of what's a horror movie. It says it's a film that seeks to elicit fear. Its desire is to elicit fear. Now, 2 Timothy 1.7 says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Notice it says a spirit of fear. Where does fear come from? It's a spirit. It is not a godly spirit. Okay? It's not a godly spirit. Because fear is torment. And, you know, eventually you see kids that can't sleep, have terrible nightmares, you know, because this spirit of fear has gotten inside of them. And God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us one of power, love, and a sound mind. It said, went on to say that horror films aim to evoke viewers' nightmares. Their desire is to stir up your nightmares, fears, and the terror of the unknown. The terror of the unknown. Prevalent elements include ghosts. These are things that are involved in horror movies. Ghosts, extraterrestrials, vampires, demons, Satanism, witches, and serial killers. Now, if you really step back and look at that, is that something you want to put inside of you? I mean, you know, is that something you want to become a part of? You want to open the door to those kinds of things? Why would you go to something like that? Well, it's fun. You know, that's what kids tell me. Well, it's fun. It's fun. It's exciting. It, you know, well... It may be, it may be, but I want to tell you something. We fight not against principalities. We fight against principalities, powers, and forces. What seemed like fun, you open a door, and I'm telling you, sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes it gets to a point where it's not fun. What do we say when, when we get really scared? What do we say when you get really scared? Something really scares you. You say, man, I was scared to death. Scared to death. Now, doesn't that tell you something? Why would you participate in something that would scare you to death? As Christians, we're to promote life, not death. Jesus says, I have come. You may have life and have it more abundantly. Not to be scared to death. And what I notice, you know, and I, I've never, don't think, I never is a strong word, but I don't know that I've ever watched a horror movie. Or I don't like going to those places that scare me to death. You know? Because I notice that what they do is they always got to keep getting worse. 
They got to keep getting worse. I heard a horrible story. I, you know, somewhere around here, I, I think it was close around here. Somebody simulated a rape. Now, what kind? What? Why? Why? Because you can go to that level. You can go to that limit. Why that? I mean, it's like it's like you got to go another step. You got to go another step to scare somebody. So my advice, this is my advice, deliver us from evil, stay away from. Stay as far away from evil as you can. It may seem like fun, but stay away. Another evil that I want to share, and I tried to find, and this is not an in-depth study of evil, folks. These are some things that I just want to point out. Um, horoscopes. Now they, you know, oh, they're just, they're just fun. It doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. You know, I read them, you know, and I know people do. You know, I read them just to kind of see, you know, that's, I don't pay attention to it. Why do they have them? Why do they have them? Oh, they're just fun. What do they do? Well, they forecast a person's future based on the position of the stars at the time of your birth. They forecast your future based upon stars at the time of your birth. Okay, so what am I doing when I look at it? Well, I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to have a good day or not. Isn't that what they do? Don't they tell you, well, hey, you're going to have you're going to have a good day. Why do I look at that for determining if I have a good day? Why would I why would I look at something like that? Why would I look at a horoscope for my future guidance? Why would I why would I seek my guidance from there? In Jeremiah 29, 11, the Lord says, For I know the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now, God says, I know, I know what kind of thoughts I have towards you. Some versions will say, I know, your, I know the plans that I have for you. And God says, I want you to have a future and a hope. Not of evil. Not of evil. Because he said, deliver us from evil. So God's desire is to give us plans for a future and a hope. So why would I look anywhere else for advice? Why would I look at something and say, what's it say about how my day's going to go? You know, why would, I, why would I even allow that to happen? In Psalms 37, 23, the Bible says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Well, if I wake up in the morning and I think I have to find out how my day is going to be, shouldn't I instead wake up and think, okay, Lord, how do you have my steps ordered today? How, what, what's your plan? I trust you. You order my steps. God puts your steps in order. I think that's very reassuring. I mean, you think about that. Oh, Lord, I can trust you that you order my steps. Now, Sometimes my steps don't look like they're ordered by him. I don't know about your steps. Every once in a while I think, well, now how did I get here? What's going on? But what I know is God still orders my steps. He still orders my steps. If I'm here, it's for a purpose, a plan, a future, a hope. There's some reason. I may not always understand. It doesn't say I understand. It just says, I know he orders my steps. 
What a, what a reassurance. What a confidence. What a confidence. You know, the Bible says that God is a jealous God. He's jealous. Think about it. You know, we sang this morning about I'm his child. I'm his child. Yes, I am. He's jealous. He's jealous about his love for us and our love for him. He doesn't want us looking to other places for guidance and direction. He wants to be our father. He wants to be the one that shows us and guides us and directs us, us to trust him and look to him. Another one, which I, I think is still around, and once in a while I hear people talk about it, I think it was, it seemed to be bigger um, years back a little bit, um, is Ouija boards. I looked up on the Smithsonian.com as some information. In 1891, a Ouija board was thought to be a wonderful talking board. You would ask it questions, and it would answer you. Isn't that wonderful? You, we had a board. You could go to a board. You know, instead of, instead of going to God and praying, we go to a board. And we ask it questions, it, it would answer us. I heard, I, I know somewhere in my reading that it said that the fellow that invented the Ouija board asked it what its name was, and it said Ouija. That's how it came about, Ouija board. It actually had been proven to work at the patent office before its patent was allowed to proceed. They tested it at the patent office to see if it really did. And they gave it a patent because it answered. Today, even psychologists believe that it may offer a link between the known and the unknown. Hmm. Psychologists think that could be a link. Well, is it a link between the known and the unknown? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. The Ouija board, in fact, came straight out of the American 19th century obsession with spiritualism. The belief that the dead are able to communicate with the living. The belief that the dead are able to communicate with the living. Spiritualism. So what's the problem? It's just a toy. I mean, it's sold as a toy. It's sold as a toy. In Deuteronomy 18, verse 12, it says, Thou shalt not be found, this shall not, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire, or anyone who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or anyone who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. It says there shall not be anyone among you who does those things. You know, witchcraft, witchcraft, conjuring spells. You know, people conjure spells on one another without even, without even thinking about it. You know, wishing something would happen to somebody. I hope they, you know. I remember, uh, I remember one time a person told me that God was going to get me. If I didn't do certain things, God's going to get you. Matter of fact, twice, twice in my ministry, people have said that God was going to get me. And you know, you say, oh yeah, well I'm going to tell you something. That got deep inside of me. That wasn't just, that wasn't just idle words. 
That was more than idle words. I had to fight that. We fight not against principle. You know, we fight against principle. We don't fight against people. We fight against, we fight against those kind of things because they get inside of you. They get inside of you. People can do that to you. The Bible says manipulation is the same as witchcraft. Whoa. You mean if I kind of make something happen my direction because that's the way I want it to be? Because I think I'm right and I think everybody ought to do what I think is right? That if I manipulate that situation, that's like witchcraft? Hmm. That kind of gets it down to where, wow, I need to be careful. I need to be careful. So we find that these things aren't good in, in that area, you know, of prediction and soothsaying. I thought about psychics. So I went to a website. Thanks for Google. And I found a website that says Psychic Visions, award-winning psychic, award-winning psychics of Northwest Ohio. Award-winning. I mean, I'm like, whoa. So, this is about a lady on Route 25 between Bowling Green and Perrysburg. She has a website. Award-winning. This isn't just anybody. She's award-winning. In there it says, in a world of technology and fast-paced workings, a lot of mysticism and understanding that is offered through nature and the spirit has been lost. I am here to use the gifts I have been granted to tap into the forgotten world and to open your eyes to all that it hides. I will remove the, the veil that clouds the sight of so many and I will help you find the answers you seek. Oh, isn't that nice? So I should go to this person to seek answers through nature and the spirits that have given her a gift. What spirit is she getting her gift from? What spirit? Where do you know? What, what spirit? I don't think from what I read it was the Holy Spirit. I think she got it from another spirit. And it says they do these things through tarot cards, crystal balls, palm reading, tea leaf readings. They're all tools that I use to channel the real, the real world of the spirits and help you find what you seek. Wow. So instead of praying and going to God, who is my father, I'm going to this lady who's going to tap into this other world. Lord, deliver us from evil. I, I found, and I just want to share this, I, I kind of got a chuckle out of this, and I don't know if I should or not, but I did. There was a spot that said how to get rid of demons. I thought, well, that's cool. See what it says. And it wasn't all bad. It says, learn how to recognize your, your um, learn how to recognize if you're possessed. Well, you know, you, yeah, okay. Got to figure out if I got a problem or not. I got to make lifestyle changes that make you safer, which that's good. You know, if I, if I think I'm possessed by a demon, I need to make lifestyle changes that can change that. That's okay. I need to fully cleanse my spirit. Well, I have a problem there because I don't think you can fully cleanse your spirit. Okay. But, you know, I can see the effort to try, and it didn't say seek God. Now, here's my chuckle. Number four, if all else fails, call a priest. 
That was that was legitimate. I thought, well, isn't well? There's kind of some spirituality, but I thought, if all those fails, call a priest. I, don't, I, I thought, wow. Anyway, okay. So, you know, what what do we do with all this? You know, we can pretend it's not there. You can pretend it's not out there. Some people pretend, well, you know, that was for people in the old days when they really believed in all that weird stuff, and you know, people were kind of simple-minded. You know, they believed in things like devils and demons and all that stuff. And we're we're sophisticated now. We don't have that stuff. You can go there. Um, I think you're just kidding yourself because, you know, it doesn't take much to look around and say, wow, looks kind of real to me. And I just want to say that if you deal with the effects of it in people's lives, you can't convince me any different because I deal with that. You know, I see the effect in people's lives when evil gets a hold, when evil gets a, a place to come in. 1 Thessalonians 5.22, it tells us to abstain from every form of evil. You know, there's something that says, you know, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, looks like a duck, it's probably a duck. If it looks like evil, sounds like evil, it's probably evil. I believe God gives us something inside of us that helps us to discern that. You know, like, you know, that looks bad. I mean, I think he gives that to us. Now, I think we can go, oh, no, this, this couldn't be it. We can, talk, we can talk ourselves out of it. But I believe God, deep down, puts something inside of us and says, you know what? That's evil. And it says abstain from it. Stay away from it. Don't open a door. Don't let it get into your heart. Don't let it get in you. You know? It just that it all at once is a, is a crack, a crack to come in. In uh, Luke ten seventeen, Jesus sent out seventy of his early followers, and he sent them out. And he told them to do various things: heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, etc. They came back in Luke ten seventeen. It says the seventy returned with joy, saying, "Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name." For the Christian, we have to remember that the demons are subject to us in his name. The name of Jesus. That's why the world doesn't want us to use the name of Jesus. You can pray and say anything about we all serve the same God. God help me. God save me. God do this. God do that. Because it's all inclusive. It's the name that separates. And it's the name that gives us power. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Evil will flee at the name of Jesus. It will flee. Because Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That's his desire for us. Sometimes we ought to just sit down and think about it and say, you know what, I think God's on my side. God wants good for me. Why am I out here trying to do all this other stuff? Why am I opening doors thinking that this stuff's okay? Why do I let my kids do this? You know? The name, the name. We need to use the name of Jesus. And in Colossians, the first chapter, in Colossians, the first chapter, the 13th verse, it says, he has delivered us from the power of the darkness. Jesus delivered us from the power of darkness. You know when? When he died on the cross. When he died on the cross. We sang this morning about the blood of the Lamb, and the word of our testimony. 
Well, he delivered us from the power of darkness when he died on the cross, shed his blood. And he conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. God took us from the kingdom of darkness and put us into the kingdom of light. He's given it to us. He wants us to walk in the light. Walk in the light. That's why he said, pray, deliver us from evil. Help us to keep us from evil. Help us to abstain from evil. And I believe it's God's desire for us to walk with him, not to try to walk some path that kind of goes in between. And we can kind of put one foot here and one foot here and then kind of play both ways and maybe it's okay. Because he has good for us. He has good for us. He wants to have life and life more abundantly. Life more abundantly. Just think about it. If you can kind of step back and say, is what Satan has to offer going to do me any good? I mean, you know, is that going to do me any good? Is it going to do me any good to go to horror movies? To fill myself with fear? Is that going to do me any good? Is it going to do me any good to seek other than God for guidance and direction? Do you think if you open a door to seeking guidance from other than God that isn't some way Satan's going to mess with you? That when you open that door, that he's not going to give you some kind of wrong guidance, wrong direction? That he can lead you down a path that you probably shouldn't go down? You know, we have to kind of step back, I think, and say, wow, you know what? I want to be a child of the king. I want to be a child of the one that loves me. I want to be a child of the one who has a plan and a future and a hope for me. I don't want to be a part of something else. I don't want to be a part of a kingdom that's out to kill, steal, and destroy. And I believe that's, that's choices. That's choices. Maybe sometimes, you know, my purpose in bringing a message like this is to say, well, here's two paths. Two paths. Choices. Paths. You know, I'm not saying you can't be a Christian and, and go to a horror movie. I didn't, you know, if you go to a horror movie, you're not going to be a Christian. I'm not saying that. You can be a Christian and go to a horror movie. But why would you want to fill yourself with all that fear? Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to let something come into your body, into your mind, into your spirit, come into you that's going to fill you with fear? Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. God has good for us. Let's receive and take in what he has for us. You know, I don't think it'll keep you out of heaven, but it'll sure make the path there a lot easier. You know, I think, I think sometimes there's some choices. It won't necessarily keep you out of heaven, but I'll tell you what, it'll sure make the, the journey a lot more pleasant. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your love for us. Lord, we thank you that you died on a cross. You shed your blood so that we might have life and we might have life more abundantly. We might have a hope and a future. Lord, we thank you that you have good for us. Lord, help us to abstain from evil. And Lord, deliver us from those things that might get a hold on us so that, Lord, we might just receive from you that, Lord, we could just uh, know that you're going to be there for us. 
that you're going to guide us and direct us and help us. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, I just pray that anyone that might have a need for prayer this morning, you just encourage them, Lord, to come up and let the prayer team pray for them. Lord, that they might have someone that would agree with them about whatever there is they're concerned about. Lord, we just thank you for your blessing. Lord, just help us to to leave and to be blessed and to walk faithful to you. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. And we do pick up.